0: Good Reading Podcast is brought to you by Luxury Read, the monthly book subscription that pairs a new release book with a pampering gift delivered to your door. There are new books every month and nine genres to choose from. Why not spoil yourself or give the gift of a Luxury Read subscription today? Visit luxury.com.au to find out how. At home, her mother told her to go to her room, but Pip knew it wasn't
1: over. Her mother was too calm. There would be more crying and maybe some yelling. Her mother would come back again with a catalogue of everything Pip had ever done wrong. Running away, not doing homework, not eating like a normal child, being too secretive, being too lonely, being too impulsive, never being sorry, not accepting consequences, constantly lying. It was all going to come down that hall in a great flood. She reached into the backpack to take out Little Fella. Her eyes were on the door, waiting for her mother, when she felt a sudden sharp pain like a knitting needle had been jammed into her left palm. Hey! She ripped back her hand. She looked into the backpack and expected to see Little Fella staring back up at her. He was still sleeping. She inspected her bleeding hand. It wasn't the teeth that got her. Those tiny, sharp teeth would have ripped her hand apart. This was a deep hole in her palm, filling up like a well with blood, a claw mark.
0: Hello and welcome to the Good Reading Podcast. Karen Foxley is an Australian author who writes for kids and young adults. Her books for young readers include Ophelia and the Marvellous Boy and A Most Magical Girl, which won the Reading's Children's Fiction Prize. Lenny's Book of Everything has won multiple awards including the New South Wales Premier's Literary Award, the Indies Book Award and the Queensland Literary Award. Today I'm talking to Karen about Dragon Skin, her latest book for young readers. Karen, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast.
1: Hello, lovely to be here. What's
0: the enduring power of dragons in storytelling?
1: Oh, I know. What is it? It's, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. They are You know, they've been present through literature forever since the beginning of time. Every culture has them and they mean sort of different things in different cultures. And I must say, ever since I was little, I have been obsessed with dragons as well. I can remember Puff the Magic Dragon for a start, the song. I remember learning that in grade two and it used to make me cry. There was another book called The Never-Ending Story that had a dragon in it that I absolutely adored. And as I grew up, you know, with The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, I just loved stories with dragons. And I definitely am happy that I've now created one of my own in a story. When I wrote Dragon Skin a couple of years ago, not only was I writing Dragon Skin, I was writing a book with my daughter at the time. We were messing around with a story that was all about dragons. So we kind of called it the Year of the Dragons. And for me, they really symbolised and at that time when I was writing strength. So I think that's what they kind of mean to me, strength and, and resilience, I think.
0: That sort of brings me back to this idea of fantasy and reality. You've got this fantastic dragon in your story, but the situations that your characters are placed in are real and, and familiar, even challenging. There's a an air of, I guess, domestic abuse yeah. in this book. But your characters seem to find their destiny in fantasy. Why escape to fantasy with readers of this age? Why not stay firmly rooted in the reality?
1: Uh, I think it really comes down to the way you know, I write stories because, you know, to start off with, I like to think about magic. You know, that's, that's always often my starting point. So I love to think about magic in the everyday, magic in the ordinary. And I was thinking a lot about the place that I grew up, which is Mount Isa out in the middle of nowhere. Those things combined to be a starting point for a story, a girl finding something magical in a dry creek bed. And then the more I wrote, those other kind of issues start to come to light, you know, what's going on in Pip's life, the main character's life, you know, this sort of she's in a situation at home where she's got her mum's new boyfriend who's not very nice, she's quite controlling. So it's kind of for me, I'm never thinking about it in entirety from the beginning. It's the way a story grows. Children of the age that this book is aimed at, really love fantasy. So it's a really good vehicle to tell a story, but also to shine a light on those other issues as well, because there are some quite heavy issues in the book.
0: I just wondered um, why this book ended up in Australia. I mean, your other books like uh, A Most Magical Girl was set in Victorian London. Lenny's Book of Everything is set in America. What what brought you back to Australia And, and to Mount Isa, in fact, what Seems yeah, to
1: be about I think um, I think it was just that fact that I was thinking a lot about my childhood. You know, I was thinking about the kind of freedoms we had as children, and uh, it's just a, it's a really unique place and a really amazing place to grow up in out there in the Selwyn Ranges. You know, in the far northwest of Queensland. And my first novel, actually, The Anatomy of Wings, was based on Mount Isa, but I gave it a different name. So I really, for a long time, I've wanted to actually try and bring that place to life. And I just think that it was the right time. And then I also, I think I also really wanted to bring some of my magic into that place and and see what happened.
0: So let's go back to Pip, Pip Gemmell. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a sort of tough character but vulnerable at the same time. Tell me about Pip in your eyes.
1: Um, Pip is probably, as a character, a lot like me as a child, you know, really quite quiet, uh, barefoot, always down the creek, exploring, climbing hills, um, you know really really loving nature and not not afraid of those kind of things not afraid of jumping backwards you know off some rocks to reach a cave so in in that way a lot like me also she's a bit of a loner and of course that changes over the course of the story as she kind of learns to accept some friendship and and help i guess i just love her like she's just I find her to be incredibly strong and and really just willing to do what she has to do to save not just the dragon but herself and also her mother.
0: This is a story about bringing friends into your fantasy world I guess but her friend Mika is is her I guess her sidekick. Tell us about Mika.
1: So Mika is uh, Pip's best friend who arrives. One day in grade three, he's been sent to live with his grandmother in Mount Isa and has escaped uh, quite a, a home filled with, you know, a fair bit of violence as well. And they just get on from the beginning. Um, and Pip really um, is someone that's always sat sort of on the edge of friendships and the edge of groups, um, but Really um, with Mika, she just learns to kind of open up and they have so many adventures together and really, um, you know, their love of fantasy and the love of the universe and the love of nature together is is a really powerful thing. When Mika leaves... It's very hard for her to open up to other people again. And, and that's really a lot about what the story is, is, is about, her and, and these other friends that she eventually makes and, and sort of allows into her world.
0: And one of those friends, by way of connecting or acquiring a new friend, uh, um, Pip vomits on Laura.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she, she vomits on Laura Denning's light-up Disney sneakers and And that's the beginning of their friendship, well, it, it's nearly the end of it, I guess, but um, yeah, so the very unlikely friendship starts there, and basically because Laura sort of won't let it go she she kind of in a way hounds Pip because she knows Pip's up to something, and um I really love that scene because I think Pip, in the end, you know, she's so exhausted from being alone and doing what she has to do, that she allows Laura in. And this this kind of beautiful, unlikely friendship starts and um, I guess it, it changes them both in a way. It definitely changes Laura.
0: At the opening of this podcast, we heard the moment in the book when Pip is scratched by little fella, this baby dragon she's found, yep. and the scratch changes her. How does it change her? How does that affect the way the story unfolds?
1: She develops an infection in that hand and she has a feeling that something's changing inside her. She feels like her skin is tightening in the beginning, like she has a light um, in the palm of her left hand. She becomes quite unwell and she has the episode where she vomits at school on Laura Denning. Um
0: My favourite scene.
1: Yes, one of my favourite scenes too. And then gradually, whichever way you want to look at it, whether it's real or a metaphor, she develops this new kind of skin, this dragon skin. Then it kind of links her to Little Fella, and it's going to help her be able to get him home in many ways. Um, But it's going to help her also have the strength to do what she has to do.
0: I noticed as I was reading about you, Uh, in one of your biographies, it said your favourite pastime is daydreaming.
1: I can always remember making people laugh by saying I would schedule in daydreaming times through the day just because, it, you know, I just think it's important, you know, to have time off to just lie down and, and let your mind kind of drift. With daydreaming, with story writing, I think it's that kind of, it's a strange zone that you kind of enter while you're writing where you really are letting ideas come and go and you know allowing yourself to say what if what if this happens next rather than just sort of you know sitting somewhere staring blankly into space Um, it's just that kind of freedom with imagination that kind of can get a story to grow.
0: This book's also a a lot about feelings about moving people, about the inner worlds of people and connecting with those feelings as well. In the process of writing and writing about these feelings, identifying them and and accepting them in many ways, do you get invested in the story yourself, emotionally invested in the story?
1: Yeah, always. I always say I always want to write beautiful stories that move people. You know, that's my aim as a writer. But I also... I'm just trying to sort things out myself you know inside myself as well so every novel and everything I've ever written from when I was young is in many ways um, my emotions channeled into characters and plots I know it's a good book if I have to get up and go and lie on the bed and have a good cry so I just you know I know I'm on the right track if that happens so I definitely am completely emotionally invested in my characters and I miss them I miss them terribly it's like a, a kind of form of grief for that first six to you know eight weeks after a book's finished when I know it's finished when I know I can't change anything anymore I really miss them
0: as a final question I wondered whether um you will continue to write from the child's perspective. Everything you've written so far, in this genre at least, is from a child's yeah. perspective. Is is that where you want to stay? Is that where the story begins yeah. for you? Yeah,
1: I think. Um, I think. I have uh, quite a queue of stories in my head and some of them are back to where I started, which even though it was written from a child's perspective, it was an adult story or a young adult adult story. So I feel like I I kind of am looking forward to other stories where I don't write from a, a child's perspective. It's just a matter of getting to them.
0: Is it a matter of growing up somehow in a literary sense?
1: Yeah or maybe or maybe when I'm answering the call of stories I always answer the call of the story that's shouting the loudest that's you know speaking to my heart so maybe maybe I have to just stop that process and go to the more adult stories I'm not sure at the moment I'm, I'm happy to stay with my heart I think.
0: Well, whatever happens, I, I certainly hope that the fantastical element, the magical element in your stories continues.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining me on the Good Reading Podcast.
1: That's lovely. Thank you.
0: I've been talking to Karen Foxley about her latest novel for young readers, Dragon Skin. It's published by Alan and Unwin and is available at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. My name's Greg Dobbs and thanks for listening. This Good Reading podcast was brought to you by Luxure Read. Why not spoil yourself or give the gift of a Luxure Read subscription today? Visit luxureread.com.au to find out how.